This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I am over the moon delighted to welcome Deanna Singh to the show. Deanna will talk about what we can do to help foster a community of inclusion and acceptance for children. Deanna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you, Caroline. I'm excited too. And I was telling you right before the show started that I gifted your beautiful new book called A Smart Girl's Guide, Race and Inclusion, Standing Up to Racism and Building a Better World to my 12-year-old niece, Maddie, for the holidays. And she just ate it up and thought it was fantastic. But what I love about this book is it's for grownups and for kids of all ages, not just uh, younger folks. So I want to start from the beginning, Deanna. Tell me why you decided to write Standing Up to Racism and Building a Better World. What was the impetus? So what's really wonderful about this is that it happened very organically. Uh, So after George Floyd was murdered, my husband and I started to get all kinds of phone calls from people because I'd written some children's books, uh, you know, really focusing on positive representation of children of color called I'm a boy of color and I'm a girl of color. I've been an educator. You know, I do a lot of work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. But what was interesting is that we were getting a lot of calls from parents, from educators, from community members who were saying, I don't know how to talk to my kids about what's happening on the news. Uh, They're asking me questions that I just don't feel prepared to answer. Can you give us any, you know, suggestions, any wisdom and also being, you know, parents ourselves. And so just as an act of service, we decided that we would host a session uh, really, you know, around how to talk to your children about race. And so we opened up our session and, you know, we thought maybe a few people would join us. We gave less than 24 hours notice. The room filled up before we even got there. So we promised, right, that we would do it again. So we did it the next week. And over the course of less than three months, we talked to over 10,000 people. Wow. All of them with this question of how do I talk to my children, right? Feeling this sense of not only am I struggling with it as an adult, but I don't know how to engage in these in these conversations. And so one of the people that happened to be on that call was one of the lead editors at American Girl. And they had already started down this journey of, you know, what they could do as part of their platform. And so they reached out and said, hey, would you be interested in taking some of the things that you talked about, you know, and that you talk about frequently and really turning that into a book? And can you talk about a dream come true? One, because I'm so passionate about the subject area, too, because I was seeing in real time the need, right, the people for showing up and and trying desperately to be able to get resourced in this space, but then also because American Girl is just a fantastic company. So that is how, that's how this started. That is a beautiful genesis. Thank you for sharing that. And the book is gorgeous. I mean, I've got it in front of me and I'm flipping through it and it's part of the Smart Girls Guide by American Girl, but it's got these lovely illustrations and it's it's just a, so beautiful to read and to look at. I've got it earmarked and dog-eared and highlighted, but it, it's also fun and compelling. So what what age should we think about talking to children about race and, and discrimination? Because those are weighty topics. You know, I think it's really interesting. And this is one of the things I try to stress in the learning opportunities that I have with, you know, parents and, and educators and teachers and community members is, first of all, 
even if we're not having the conversation, our children, and there's research that shows this, are actually making race-based decisions as early as three months old. Wow. So even if we aren't facilitating the conversation or asking the questions, they're already making decisions and asking themselves questions and noticing things that are, are based in race. And so the question of like, when should I start? I don't know that there's an age, you know, there's a, there's no magic age. I think it actually starts as soon as you can, right? Having conversations. And for, for infants, what does that look like? It means making sure that they can see books that represent different children and, you know, seeing what that looks like. I was astonished when I heard that the flip books, you know, those like board books, yeah. less than 1% of them have children of color inside of them. Wow. Just think about what messages we're sending at that, right? We're all told, read to your children. It's the most fundamental thing you can do. It's so important in building up their their strengths as learners as they go through the rest of their lives as writers and readers, right? And just knowing what the world around them looks like. So even being thoughtful at the very, very beginning of what are my children getting access to and what does that look like is extraordinarily important. You know, I will give a shout out to American Girl because they uh, they walk the walk. You know, the the whole series of American Girl dolls are are beautifully diverse in so many different ways, and I applaud them for that. It has been phenomenal to work with them. So, in addition to coming out with this um, this book this past year, I also had the opportunity to work as a lead consultant on their World by Us series. So, they put out three beautiful dolls in at the end of twenty twenty one that just reflected different um, ethnic backgrounds and their stories and their family and where they came from and just all of these wonderful things. So, I I can attest to what you just said. They absolutely are walking the walk and making sure that in all aspects of the company, in particular, kind of using their platform and their ability to get out representation, they are just doing a phenomenal job. They are co-conspirators to help us build a better world for sure. You know, I I reflect about the the ongoing pandemic because here we are in in year three and certainly things are are better, but still challenging. And many of our our kids are returning to school in person and, you know, they've been on um, virtual, in virtual learning environments out of necessity during the pandemic. And has it, has it impacted their understanding of race and diversity? Because certainly there are social inequities with folks who, who didn't have that access to either the technology the broadband or the actual uh, laptops to school at home. So, so talk about that a bit, if you would. Absolutely. I think that one of the things that we saw very, very clearly in a way that perhaps we didn't see before um, the pandemic was how these disparities impact not just our children, but really impact all facets of life. When we look at who still was going to work, when we look at who had access to being able to make choices for their family based on the pandemic, when we look at, uh, you know, what happened from an economic standpoint, when we look at uh, the things that you just mentioned, right, what was going on in education, I think it brought to the forefront a number of things that for some people had been not as clear right? That these are some of the things that were going on. I think one of the things that was really fascinating to me during the pandemic was, you know, people were afraid to leave their homes. They didn't have enough information. You know, we, we still don't have a lot of information about what is going on. And so one of the like parallels that I helped to draw, and I would, would love to do this with, for your audience too, is think about that fear. 
right? This like feeling like, ah, if I leave my house, I'm not exactly sure what I might interact with, right? Like what might be out there? There's so much unknown. For many people with different social identities, that's every day, right? That that was life before the pandemic existed too. And I think that that um, level of empathy and just understanding, wow, this is what it feels like, right? This is what it can feel like, not all the time, but this is what it can feel like. I think that was just a real turning moment for, for people. And so one of the things that I've really appreciated, especially talking to young people about this, is that now they get to have a different kind of conversation than perhaps they did before because we do have this shared experience of feeling unsafe, right? Of, of not knowing what, that, what that's going to look like. That is such a powerful example. It, it really takes your breath away. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So you mentioned that you are a parent. Did you do research with kids? Because it's so beautifully accessible and relatable to kids, which is tricky. That's a tough needle to thread, <laughs> right? So how did you how did you get the kid factor in there so beautifully? Well, I can't take all the credit for that. There's an amazing team, you know, at American Girl that really helped guide all the way through the process. Uh, I didn't realize how many people really come to bring these, you know, concepts to life. And they're just phenomenal people. So we had a, a number of people who are listed in the back who were lead experts who provided feedback all the way throughout the process, the American Girl team themselves. And then in addition, one of the things that they do for all of their projects is they actually bring in young people to provide feedback. So we nice. had a a lot of, of young people who provided some really very critical feedback as we went through the process. I would never try to do something like this without making sure that there was the voice of young people in, in the process. Well, you did it beautifully. Deanna, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So before I gifted the book to my niece, I shared it with my sister and uh, her husband so I could just share the joy about this book and this resource. And happily, they're sharing it with neighbors and friends who also have kids. So thank you for that opportunity to to share this on a, a broad scale. But let's help unpack this for some of the folks that are listening who may be parents or or like me, maybe an aunt, you know, and, and not have parent kids of their own, but but certainly children in their lives. So what are some examples of questions that you found that kids have about race? So one of the things that I think is so funny about, you know, writing this book is the the wonderful editor I had the opportunity to work with said, Deanna, you know, think about this as like the cool aunt. You know, how would the cool aunt talk about some of these topics? And I kept saying, I don't know if I'm a cool aunt. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure if I am. So I just first of all want to shout you out, Caroline. Like I think that's awesome. You are a cool aunt. Uh, well, I'm humbled. Thank you. <laughs> 
that's that feels like a win, right? If if, if somebody's auntie is thinking about um, how how to have these conversations, that's wonderful. But I think a couple of the things that really resonated um, with children and some of the questions that I've gotten and some of the feedback that, that I've gotten from the book, some of that actually came from my own experience being a girl mm-hmm. of color and thinking about some of the questions or some of the spaces or some of the conversations I wish I could have had as a child. So some of the topics in here, and I'll just give one example. Uh, there's you know, a conversation in here about bubbles. Uh-huh. And so we talk about this idea of what are our bubbles? you know, And our bubbles are really, where are the places that we go often? Who are the people that we most likely talk to? And, and what does that look like to be inside of our bubble? And then we broach the question, well, what does it look like to be outside of your bubble? Now, I went to a predominantly white school. I'm African-American and Asian-Indian. And I went to a predominantly white school my entire life. And there were so many instances where somebody would say something or they'd make an assumption or they'd do because really their world consisted of other people that look like them. And there were so many times where I just wanted to say, hey, just so you know, there's a whole other way of doing life. There's a whole other way of the way that, you know, people, that people show up. We eat different foods. We have different expectations when we go home. We uh, talk a different language. Like there's just all these other things that, that the things that you consider to be normal and kind of the only way, that's not really, that's not really the way the world works. And I'm a living, breathing example of that. And so in the book, we talk about, you know, what is, who's in your bubble? What are your bubbles? But then most importantly, what are some ways that you can get yourself outside of your bubble, right? What does it look like to challenge yourself to constantly be thinking about how do I get outside of my bubble or how do I make it bigger? So it includes more people and I have more worldviews. And, and for me, that, that was when that did happen, because it certainly did happen. There were adults and, you know, people who facilitated that conversation as I got older, obviously I've learned how to do that myself. But I think that those are the moments where those are the things I wished for. And one of the things kind of going back to an earlier question that you asked is like, when's it too early? Because these are heavy topics. Well, yes, they certainly are. But there can also be a lot of joy in these conversations, right? Like when you talk about expanding your bubble, that's like, how do we try some new foods? What's a movie that we could watch? Hey, what if we got a book that featured a, a child of color or, or, or somebody that has a so different social identity? Let's, it's the time where we can't really go out of our houses that much. Let's get onto a virtual channel and see what it looks like to live in a different part of the world or explore a museum in a different space. Like, how cool is that? And that is full of nothing but joy. So yes, there are heavy conversations and we need to be prepared to have them. But I think that actually we do a disservice if those are the only conversations that we have or if they make up the full majority. We also have to be talking about these topics from a place of joy so that we don't keep perpetuating the fear that exists when we talk about what it means to talk about inclusion. Well, I can hear the joy in your voice, and clearly we're on an audio podcast, but I, I can hear the smile in your voice, so I thank you for that, and that place of joy is is so palpable, and, and absolutely palpable in the book as well. I, I imagine you got some incredible and continue to receive incredible comments from adults who say, where has this been? I needed this all my, my <laughs> life. Tell me, tell me about that, because as I said, it's resonating with much more than, than the young kids. So I will tell you two stories really quickly, but one, um, so I had a, a, a parent and this is actually before the book came out. This is somebody who, you know, is part of the previewing process and, uh, and he came up to me 
And he said, you know, I just really wanted to tell you, I got this book, you know, I was asked to review it and I, and I took a look at it. And as he's talking, his eyes filled up with tears. This was a white man. And he said, you know, I have two uh, daughters and they are teenagers now. One of them is actually about to go to college and, and they're, they're adopted. They're both African-American. And I read these stories and I thought, man. I wish I had this when they were growing up, right? I wish I could have had this tool so I could have sat down. I could have understood better what they were going through. We could have had conversations that were, you know, I could have been a better ally for them. And honestly, that was one of those moments where I was like, writing a book is not an easy process where I was like, it's worth it. Yeah, that right? gives it, you it, chills. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth it, right? It, 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 all the challenges, all of the whatever, it's, it's worth it if, Somebody feels now that they're equipped to be a better parent, to be a better advocate. And, and I will say like the same thing with children, when somebody comes up and says like, I use this book in my school, it just helps so much. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> and you just see this yeah. like look of like relief. Like right. I didn't have to say it. I didn't have the words, but I was just able to give this book. And then all of a sudden it kind of broke open this opportunity that I didn't feel like I had before. Yeah. So that, and I will tell you from experience, again, watching my niece, it, it's the kind of thing that there's that safe space to take this and, you know, curl up on your bed and read the book in her case, and maybe talk about it later as she's digested it and processed it with her family, with her parents. But how wonderful that that she had a resource that she might not have even known was available in her bubble, right? And And to think differently and to share it with girlfriends. I mean, that just made my day that she was excited it's enough so about awesome. it to share with others. It's so awesome. And I, I guess the other thing I would just share with you is like, I've gotten multiple organizations that have reached out and said, so, you know, I know this book was written for children, but actually I bought a copy for everybody on my team. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. Right? That's and, brilliant. And, yeah. And I just thought that was so awesome that one, for a leader to say, you know what, I I recognize that while this is written for children, it's, it's, it is approachable. It doesn't feel like I can't, you know, it, it's at a level where I, I definitely feel like I can understand the concepts, but there's enough in it that I can actually start some conversations with the other adults in my life. So I love knowing um, there's actually an organization thinking about how to incorporate this in an enterprise, le you know, level kind of uh, training that they're doing. And that's cool, right? That yeah. shows you that there's greater impact. Um, of course, I love when the littles are reading it, but a greater impact even for us as adults. I agree. It is a multi-generational audience. So Deanna, tell me just one or two, what are some of the action items that are in the book for kids, but also for adults? Because as we said, this is really for everybody. So our listeners can really say, oh, I get it. So I think one of the big things is just getting to the place where you can create a space to have the conversation. You know, too often, especially I know coming up and, and being an adult, too often we shush our children when they want to have conversations about social identity. Shh, 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 don't talk about that. Right. We, we start to whisper, we get kind of couched down. And I think one of the biggest opportunities here is to say, no, let's have a conversation. Let's learn together. That to me uh, is that's where the power of this kind of book and these kinds of tools, that's where really where it comes from. So the first thing is use the book or whatever tools you can get your hands on to create the space, to just have the conversation. Remember, Children are already thinking about these topics. And by you being silent 
or not creating the space, you're perpetuating this idea that there isn't room to have the conversation. And that's that doesn't help anybody, right? That just puts us in the same spot that we're in right now. I think the second thing that I would really encourage is that it can't just be conversation. There also has to be some action that is tied to what you're doing. I have another book coming out that is for the adults. It's called Action Speak Speak Louder. It's coming out uh, May 31st. And one of the things that that book is all about is the fact that we can have these conversations, but we also need to follow it up with some actions. And one of the things that was really important to me is that the book is chocked full of actions. Right on, on almost every page, you're going to find some kind of activity, something that you can do, some way that you can put into practice the kinds of topics that we're talking about inside of the book. So make the space for the conversation, but also do something. Game <laughs> right? on. Encourage that. Encourage Absolutely. That. Dana, thank you for joining me on the show. I am so grateful. I learned so much from you. As you can tell, I'm I'm a fangirl. I love, love, love your work and am gifting this book to everybody I know. It, it's transformative. So I thank you for that. But you know, I also thank you for creating a place of joy in how we build a better world together and stand up to racism. So thank you for that. But I want to tell our global audience how they can buy your book. And I'm going to remind them of the title. It's called Race and Inclusion, Standing Up to Racism and Building a Better World. And it's part of the Smart Girls Guide by American Girl. And I want to remind them that you can buy it on Amazon and all major book retailers. But also AmericanGirl.com, as we shared, is just a delicious, delicious site with so many cool resources. And you can also get it there. Deanna, thank you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And, you know, if your listeners are looking for other opportunities, I would just encourage them to go to our website. It's upliftingimpact.com. We provide a lot of support to companies, to leaders, because we know that everybody has to be a part of this change if we're really going to leave the world in a different place. And so I just thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation and would welcome, you know, any way that we can provide support. And you've got a couple of virtual summits that come up twice a year. Is that right? We do. We actually have our How to Be an Ally Summit. It's a wonderful virtual experience. We have people coming from all over the world. And we create an opportunity for people to have a safe space to really talk about what does it mean to be an ally? We all have the power to be an ally. And one of the things that I feel like super passionate about doing is making sure that we are creating the space for people to get into their toolkit, the things that they need as leaders to really show up and be those allies and create those inclusive places. Because the moment we can make our organizations, our families, our communities more inclusive, the more we are able to do that, the more we are able to thrive as human beings. So I would welcome, uh, you know, anyone who might be interested in having that kind of experience uh, to join us at our How to Be an Ally Summit. Fantastic. Deanna, I wish you continued success and I hope that our paths cross again soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and, and being able to be on the show. And if you like the show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud, and even better, leave a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like to hear on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.